Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. We're in Revelation 17 tonight. Now, you guys know the end of the story because I've gave it away many times. But at the end, who wins? The good guys, right? The Lord wins and evil is, well, done away with. The devil gets it. Death gets it. Hades gets thrown into hell, Gehenna, and it's all finished. And that's part of the, the thing that if you're going to study Revelation, the only reason I jump to the last chapter is because some people get scared when they read the chapters in the middle where there's the battles going on and they don't know the end yet. And I'm like, don't worry, don't worry. I read ahead. It's going to be okay. The Lord's going to win at the end. But during the in-between times while the devil is trying his you can you know tonight you're gonna see there's a great effort that he puts out to try to deceive people he's not saying yeah i know my days are numbered so i'll just you know resign to the fact that i'm gonna be judged eternally and just not give it a go no when the devil i mean he he knows his days are numbered and he's like i gotta if you knew you had only so many days how would you live if you like we actually knew they said, doctor said, you've got exactly 25 days to live. I mean, how would you live out your last 25 days? Or if he said, you've got five days or one day. It, it changes our whole perspective when we think our time is numbered. Our days are numbered. We, you know, Moses wrote a psalm. He wrote Psalm 90. And in Psalm 90, he said, Lord, even if I live due to strength, 70, 80, maybe even 90 years, he says, my life is but a vapor. And then I fly away. That's where we get that old hymn. I'll fly away, oh glory. You know that hymn? I'll fly away. That's that's from Psalm 90. That that soon and very soon we're going to fly away. Because this whole life is but a vapor. Now if you have that knowledge that we're only here for a certain amount of time. Moses goes on in verse 12 of Psalm 90. He says, so Lord teach me to number my days. That I can present to you a heart full of wisdom. That I... I use the most of each day that you gave me because we don't know how many days we have. I, I like to point this out at funerals. When I go to funerals, I tell people, listen, it says this right in Ecclesiastes. It's good for us to go to a funeral because it makes us consider this is the end of every person. And the living take it to heart. We, when we're at a funeral, we think, whew, that could have been me. You know, and, and, and wait a minute, what if that was me? Am I, am I doing my life in a way that I that I that would be pleasing to if God said this is it last day now some people if I bring this up they get real nervous don't talk like that pastor this is the last day I have a lot of things I got to get done you know and there's a few things I got to wrap up and I didn't a, a, a few um well a few burnt bridges I need to go build back and and it's going to take more than a day's time to build and I'm like this is a good sermon then for you today you should you need to get busy get busy now while you can because I assure you, the devil is busy now. Anyone think the devil's snoozing right now? No. no. He is working hard because, see, just like we get to read to the end and find out what's going to happen to him, he also already knows. He knows there's a day coming that he's going to face judgment. He knows even the demons that followed him, the fallen angels that, that rebelled with Satan, says a third of them fell from heaven. Now, how much does that leave in heaven of the good angels? Two-thirds. Two so if you're into math, you know, odds, maybe you like to, you want to go with the, the team that's got the better odds of winning. How many angels are in the good side? 
two-thirds. And how many on the bad side? One-third. It's two to one. I'd rather go with the good guys. They got they got double the amount of angel power to, to win. And they got the Lord. And we already saw at the end the battle that's going to take place when the Lord rides in on that flying horse with his myriads of uh, of of his soldiers behind him on their horses. Only it says, how much battle did we the, the myriads do? What do what do all the believers really do? Because it says the sword came from Jesus' mouth and slayed them all, and they were they were gone. That's it. Took out that took out the all the people that opposed the Lord in one swoop. I'm like, I guess we're just gonna enjoy the battle. We're just gonna be sitting there going, This is great. Go Jesus. Because it's nothing for him to win that battle. It's not, it's not going to be, not like in the movies where the bad guys are pushing back and the good guys fight back. And the, the Lord's just going to take them out. Now, I said last week, should we teach the, the young generation that the Lord's going to win at the end? Do they need to know that? Yes. yes, because if they don't, the devil has a little foothold that he can use to deceive. If the kids don't know that at the end, the, the bad guys do lose, okay, the devil really is going to, he's going to get it. If you know that, even if he's giving you, you ever felt like the devil give you a little bit of a hassle in your day sometimes, like you're trying to ruin your day? If you know that the Lord is going to win at the end, you go, it's okay, I know it's coming to you, buddy. You know, it keeps the perspective. So we need to do what 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 Moses said. Lord, let us make the most of these days. Because we don't know how many days we have. But while we're waiting, he gave us some instructions and he he talks about a, a, a certain kingdom named Babylon, or city, actually, as it's referred to in chapter 17 and 18 of Revelation. A city named Babylon. Now, just to fill you in, who's writing the book of Revelation? Do you guys remember who's actually write, penning it down? John. John the Apostle. When he was banished to the island of Patmos because they tried to kill him, and they boiled him in oil. And, and put John in a, in a boiling pot of oil to kill him, and it didn't work. It was like um, when they threw the guys into the fiery furnace there with uh, Nebuchadnezzar. You know, he, he got so angry. He threw those kids into that fiery furnace, and, and the flames, it says, killed the very guards that threw in the guys into the furnace. But when Nebuchadnezzar looked in, he says, didn't we throw three guys in there? And how come I see four of them walking around and, the fourth one is like the son of God. And they, he says, hey, come on out. And good thing he said, come on out. They, what, are they going to go get him? If I was one of the Shadrach or Meshach or Abednego, I would have said, nee, 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 come get me. Because it says that they were in that fiery furnace, but not even their, their garments smelt like smoke. The fire did nothing to them. The Lord put, you, you know the story. Remember when God protected those three young men from that furnace? And the king went, oh, their God is the real God. You guys come out, you servants of the Most High. Now, just like that, they took John the, John the Apostle and they tried to boil him in oil. And it didn't work. He wouldn't boil. He's just like, I'm taking a jacuzzi. Oh, this is nice, you know. Look at the bubbles. And he's just sitting there in the pot of oil. He won't burn. And they finally went, we can't kill this guy, so will banish him, and they banish him to the island of Patmos. Now, I laugh because the Lord, he has a great sense of humor. It's like, you, you know, you're not done until he says you're done. I just want to, this is something I've learned from the Bible. When it's not your day to go, 
even if they throw you in boiling oil, guess what? You ain't going. I mean, the Lord will just say, nope, I'll just protect them. Not their day. And so the Lord knows the number of our days. And John didn't even get, didn't even die. So he's there recording this for us. And he's going to tell us about a city what is in their culture, they're going to call it Babylon, this city. But you guys remember Babylon, the real Babylon, the one that I just told you about that Nebuchadnezzar was the king of, and he threw those kids into the fire first. Does anyone know their history lesson? When was that kingdom ruling the world? Babylon, by the way, was the first world ruling empire under Nebuchadnezzar. He ruled the entire globe. This was the first, if you're a, histor a history buff, there's only a few kingdoms that have ever ruled the entire globe. And, and the first was Babylon. The second was the Medo-Persian Empire, then the Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great, and then after that, the Roman Empire. And since then, we haven't had any, any one rule, you know, one power that's in charge over everybody. And, but the Bible says it will come. Okay. Now, John's writing this. When was Babylon a kingdom? Do you all recall? Anyone here know their history of when they were? Okay, just so you know, because I have to, I, I got to teach you this part first. Okay, Babylon is going to end its um, its reign in 539 BC, 539 years before Christ came, and John is writing the Book of Revelation around 70 AD. Okay, so. You add 70 plus the 539, and you've got 609 years ago, Babylon died. I mean, Babylon was wiped out by the Medo-Persian army. So they haven't been around for, let's just round off, 600 years. It's a long time. If they've been gone for 600 years, you know, I'm only pointing this out because some people, when they read the chapter 17 and 18 of Revelation, and it mentions this this city called Babylon, they keep thinking of Nebuchadnezzar. And I said, wait a minute, let, let me just read it to you. And you guys try to figure out what city is he talking about? He's not talking about the kingdom of Babylon. Now, who's John getting his info from? Remember? The angel of who? Who's angel? In the first part of the book of, John, of Revelation, does anyone know? It was the angel of Jesus. Jesus has a private angel. I gave... John an escort through heaven and showed him all these things that would take place. What were, what was, and what will be to come. And John gets this escort and the angel takes him and, and tells him these things. Now in chapter 17, I know we're going backwards through the story, so just bear with, I'll try to tie it together for you. But here's, it says that the, do mine has a title, it says the doom of Babylon. Well, if we're talking about Babylon, the kingdom, they've been gone for 600 years, more. So it's not that Babylon. So let's see if we can figure it out. And one of the seven angels who had seven bowls came to speak with me. He said, come here and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality. And those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. So he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast full of blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having had her, her hand uh, uh, in her hand 
a gold cup full of abominations of unclean things of her immorality. And upon her forehead there was a name which was written, a mystery, it says. It was, this is the mystery. Babylon, the great, the mother of the harlot and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk as with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered greatly. John is going, I'm, I'm, you know, the angel says, come here, I want to show you something. And he sees this, this, see, I mean, can you imagine seeing this? He, he goes, he sees this gal and she's dressed, she's got all the nice stuff, but she is, she is filthy in, in, in what we'd say, spiritually speaking, she's immoral. And she's, she is taking of the, of the, of the, <clears throat> it says drunk with the blood of what? The saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. Now, I just need to point this out as a clue, okay? Drunk with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. So this city has, it can't be Babylon, the, the kingdom of Babylon 600 years earlier because Jesus hadn't even come. So his followers haven't even died yet. But we're at 70 AD, so it's been, it's been 33, at, at 33, age 33, Jesus was crucified. It's been about almost 40 years when John's writing this. And in that 40 years, did, was there any persecution of the, the early Christians? Yeah. Do you guys know in the church history, did they suffer at all? Remember Saul going out and killing the Christians and the Lord had to give him a little gib slap on the back of the head and make him into Paul, the apostle. This, this persecution has been going on for about four, four decades by the time John, John writes this. And there's been many Christians martyred in the early church up to this point. And John was one of the ones they tried to martyr. It just didn't work. You know, so they had to banish him to the island. But they had tried to even boil him in oil. So here, the angel says, come here, i got to show you something. There's this, um, this great harlot. <clears throat> and and it's, it's a mystery. He says, Babylon the Great the mother of harlots, and of all the abominations of the earth. Okay, so when he sees this, he says, I, I, verse 6 ends with, I saw her and I wondered greatly. I, I don't get it. Now, if you ever read the Bible, have you ever had this happen? You read something, you go, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Don't worry. You're in great company. John the Apostle, the guy writing this very letter, writing down these things, having an angelic, tour from an angel showing him this stuff did he get it nope this is why I, I, I gotta comfort you if you ever read and you go i don't get it don't feel bad just you're in good company john the apostle didn't even get it. he's like i wondered what was going on but listen to this this is the beauty of it of this chapter and so the angel said to me why do you wonder he says i'll tell you what this mystery of the woman is uh, and of the beast that carries her, which you have, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. <clears throat> the beast you saw was, was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss and to go to destruction. And those who dwell on the earth will wonder. Now we, we saw, because we already read ahead, that the, did the beast and the false prophet and those guys get chucked into the lake of fire? Yeah, they're already, but th th we're backing up in time a little bit as we're backing up in the book of Revelation. And this beast that's going to arise is going to come up out of the abyss. And he's going to he's gonna do some 
you know, he's going to try to do damage to, to, to who? I wonder who's he going to do damage to? He's, he comes up and says, to all those who dwell on the earth, they will wonder. All those whose names have, have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they see the beast <clears throat> that he was and is not and will come. Now, here is the mind that has wisdom. If you don't get it, let me help. He, the angel's saying, let me help you. The seven heads, he says, are seven mountains on which the woman sits. And the seven, they are seven kings. Five have fallen. One is and another not yet come. And when he comes, he must remain a little while. And the beast, which was and is not and is himself also the eighth, is of, uh, and is one of the seven, he goes to destruction. Now the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they will receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. And they have one purpose, that they give their power and their authority to the beast. So he gives us some clues. Here, you want to understand this? He says the, se the seven heads that you saw are seven mountains. And there are seven kings. And, and then there's this beast, and he's the eighth one, and he takes the place of one of the seventh. And the ten horns are, are these ten kingdoms, ten kings, but they don't really have a kingdom. Now, I always laugh at this because I think, okay, we're trying to solve this, you know, with today's. Do we have any institutions that have powers with ten members that aren't that don't really have kingdoms per se? but can give authority like they are kings, you know, like they're a kind of global type influencer or power. We do. And the United Nations right now. They, in fact, in 1948, when I, before I was ever born, they did something really unique. There were this group of nations that came together and said, we're going to unite and we'll become the United Nations, the voice of the world. And there was this picking going on against Israel. So they voted that Israel, they made a proclamation. We vote Israel is now a nation. Ta-da. And the United Nations, this has never happened before and never happened since. They've only voted one time to do this. They voted that Israel would, would become a nation. Now Israel, if you don't know history, John is writing this letter shortly after this. Rome will come in and destroy Jerusalem. They'll burn the temple. They'll gather the gold to take it all back. The, the, the Romans are going to come and destroy. And, and Israel will lose their capital city, their, their stronghold, and be pretty much just, just what do we call it, scoured or raised off the, just erased off the earth. For 2,000 years almost, they won't be a nation until... This ten united kingdoms say, you're a nation. Ta-da! And they become a nation. And I think, hmm, could that be the ten kings that have no kingdom but give a power like they, like, because we're trying to solve this. We don't know. I'm, not, I'm just suggesting it as a possibility. Now, see, some guys tell me, well, seven, a city that sits with seven hills. Oh, that's Rome. Because you might have heard the, the saying, Rome, the city set on seven hills. So maybe Rome is Babylon. That, that's, um, that's been a conjecture for many years, the guys um, that don't know a little bit more clues from the scripture. It sounds like a plausible thing. Rome might be the city set on seven hills. But 
I'll read you a few more clues. There's another city that's set on seven hills. Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a city also set on seven hills. Now, there's a Mount of Olives right there where Jesus prayed and wept and looked over the city. And, and, and you can look across the hill there, the Kidron Valley, and you can see the Temple Mount, which is sometimes referred to as the City of David the, or, or the Mount of... It's actually called the City of David, but they consider it a mount because David, remember, he wanted to build something for the Lord. And there was a guy that owned that piece of property right there in the high spot. Of the of the mountain, so he he ha, he had it for a threshing floor to make take his wheat and his grain and throw it up in the air because it had a nice breeze. David bought it. Let me have that so I can use that for the Lord. And that hill is now a flat rectangle box that Solomon and his son built on top of the hill to make a flat area. And today you see a, a dome, a gold dome, which isn't the Jewish temple. That's the dome of the Rock Mosque. But next to it, just a little on the side, is a little. Dome of the Spirit, what, what marks the Holy of Holies where Solomon's temple sat. And that hill, that sat on that hill, that's one of the mountains. But then behind it, there's another mountain called Golgotha, or Calvary, we call it, Mount of Calvary. And that's another one of the hills. Scorpius right over there. Then over there is uh, Mount Zion. And over here, I can't remember the Hebrew name, but it translates the Mount of Scandals is one of the mounts. You know, as time went on and they built over the areas, they literally filled in the whole valley between the top of the mount of the Temple Mount and over to Scorpius and over this one. They're all, it looks like one big flat top, you know, with very little, very little depression. I mean, it used to have valleys between, but they filled it all in and just built a huge city on top of the whole thing. And they're there. All these seven hills but or seven mounts or all there. So here's a here's another alternative besides Rome. It could be Jerusalem as the city set on seven hills. Okay, just just I'm throwing it out there. You guys, I'll read you a few more clues and you tell me if you see if Rome works better or it because these are the two most I might as well tell you these are like the two most suggested um cities for this. And the, you, you tell me if it has any importance at all. That's all the time we have for today's lesson. We'll pick up where we left off next week. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.
fine.